Kwe, Dalawisi Rose Muse, Wedebexi Migamagi, Wigi Ilsitkuk. Hi, my name is Rose Muse. My family is from Mi'kma'ki, the land of the Mi'kmaq. I live in the Bear River First Nation community. This is the second part of a three-part mini-series of my journey with my Mi'kmaq language. This podcast series was made possible with funding from Canada Council for the Arts. When I was going into the school, I wanted to actually branch out and you know a little further than just in the actual classroom so um, we would try I would try and do things like um, do the meal time with the community so we would go upstairs of our band office and I would cook this big meal and I would have the sheet of different words that we would use during a meal time and then we would have people come in and the only thing they had to do was try and speak the language. They didn't have to pay for the meal. They didn't have to do <laughs> anything just to come and try and use the language as much as pos- possible and enjoy a good meal. I remember being there and I remember words like, please pass the you know, salt. Mm-hmm. And so we would learn the words that were there, you know, like mm-hmm. of, of the meal, but also please pass the or... I'm hungry, you yeah, know, things yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah, I remember being there. It was helpful yeah. to be uh, around the table with a group of people who were really excited to try to say these words together. It wasn't mm-hmm. just, you know, studying at home, looking at a bunch of words. It was that we were bringing them to life. And you talk about that. Yeah, yeah. It was a really awesome feeling to have the community involved as well. And uh, feeling like, you know what, we're going to get this back. We're mm-hmm. going to be able to do this together, you know. And just to keep, you know, uh, that spark alive is what we were doing. So, and I would tell people, even if you don't know, okay, uh, please pass, you know, um, maybe you don't know what salt is, you know. Say it in English. I don't care. It could be Miklish, whatever. <laughs> it's, a, it's a start. We call it Miklish, you know, English mm-hmm. and Mi'kmaq. So... Do whatever you can, and that's what we have to do now. Like, even for other people, they just need to start somewhere, you know? So that was a really awesome time for us when we were able to get together um, as a community and, uh, and have those, those meal times. Another thing that we did uh, that I loved is making videos for the community. So um, I would go to different groups in the community and have them, I would rehearse with them, <laughs> like uh, maybe they're answering the phone and then saying, hey, the phone's for you. Or um, maybe it could be that they were fishing and, and oh, I'm going to get ready to go fishing. You know, it could be just just one line, two lines, maybe a small little, a small little saying, whatever it may be. Um, and I would videotape them. Then I would get my husband to edit it the whole thing and we would even put bloopers in it so it was because <laughs> you need to laugh at yourself too right so so that was really fun and I've watched that video several times that was quite a few years ago and then I went from my own community in Ulsetkuk to another community and did it for them as well and then we we they had an actual video so it was actually you know uh spreading out a little bit further than even our own community 
So um, I remember too, Shallon, that I had gotten you to go around to some of our street signs because that was another project that we did too. We made our street signs in Mi'kmaq. And I remember, you know, you going around and saying them as I videotaped you saying them and stuff. And there's been a few other um, community members that went around and, and read some of the signs as well. And so just trying to get everybody involved and letting them know, see, you, you can do this, you can do this. And, and uh, that was really fun as well, doing that video. And so why did you choose to do video? I think this is an important part of One yeah. reason I felt uh, to do video, it was so that they could see and hear themselves saying it. So, and if they needed to go back and, you know, I guess you don't rewind <laughs> anymore, but <laughs> if you needed to go back over it yeah. many times, because that's how the language is. You need to hear it constantly. So, um, so yeah, so they could go back and watch it. They might have to watch it, you know, five or six times that week. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, okay, I think I got it. I think I got it. You know, so, and also um, to let them see that we're doing this as a community. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not just, okay, it's just me, or it's just you, you know, or, oh, it's their p- project. No, this is our project mm-hmm. as a community. So, um, and I just feel like something they could feel proud about, you know, like, oh my gosh, I was part of that, and, and I did it. I actually said that, you know, and uh, so, yeah, it's really important to hear it and, uh, and to keep practicing, and it's a way to keep going back and looking over it. Yeah, I think that's one thing that I wanted to point out in this phase is that you talk right now about how long you spent, how many years you spent learning words from looking at them mm-hmm. in printed resources mm-hmm. and then trying to share, well, how, how do we actually say these words? Because it's still really a, like an oral language yeah. where many fluent speakers are speakers but they don't necessarily, they might not have been taught the orthography that we now use to write exactly. it. Exactly, yeah. And also I find that the, the rhythm and intonation, you kind of have to learn from fluent speakers because the rhythm and intonation is different from, I mean, the letter sounds might be there, but the rhythm and intonation mm-hmm. is different, and so you can't tell that from the printed. So what was great about you realizing, okay, well, we need videos of how, how do you say these things is what you were just saying, so you can hear it again, you mm-hmm. can hear it. Yeah. Because by this point in your story, there are no fluent speakers Ex- in Olsukuk. Exactly. Nobody. Yeah. Yeah. And most of us, you know, might not even know anyone who speaks fluently, mm-hmm. you know. So, and at this time uh, in my journey, I was starting to meet the odd person, but never really knew them well enough to just go to them mm-hmm. and uh, speakers, yeah, you mean. speakers, yeah, 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 going to the speakers, the fluent speakers, and and uh, asking them, hey, can you come help or can I come there, you know? But I was hearing a little bit of it, um, but not in our community every day. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, so this really helped with that as well, mm-hmm. yeah. And then from, I guess from the videos I would start writing books just very very simple books because we would get many beautiful um, books 
from from different communities but there was a lot of Mi'kmaq words like big paragraphs so I even as some I, I mean I loved um, I loved the language and when I would open those books it was overwhelming even for me so I'm like you know what I want to start writing books that our community like that our community can start reading less words with less words mm-hmm. and even if it's just a matter of opening a book up and there's a picture of a, a raw a, a, you know a bird some type of bird or whatever then I could just put one word uh, on there mm-hmm. and then okay that's okay we're just going to be saying one word okay I can do that and then I, I remember making this um, um, five book series where I did um, wild animals, I did uh, um, farm animals, birds and fish, and nature. And then my fifth one went with it. It was to make a very simple sentence using those words that we just learned. You know, so you don't just stop there. We can just start adding to it. So I started doing that in the community, uh, for the community, I mean. And uh, that went over really, really well, too. I really enjoyed making those books. And uh, still continuing that today. But um, So we, we've had, um, uh, I remember our community coming together and doing fundraising to make all of our stop signs in Mi'kmaq. And uh, I was so proud of that because that was a, that was a big... A big step for everyone as well and to know that everyone thought this was important enough to work for so now all of our signs are in Mi'kmaq and I you know when I drive by and look at that and I'm like we did that we all did that as a community you know so that was that was really nice yeah. so the stop signs are all in Mi'kmaq now and Nahasi stop then it went on to some online classes where people outside of our community really uh, wanted to, to start learning the language as well. So uh, we would have Zooms or, or um, even people would call even by the phone, on, on the phone and, hey, can you tell me about this or, or whatever. So it kind of broadened a lot. It was like, yeah, a lot of people were we're wanting to be involved with the languages as, as well. So then we would have uh, some people would come into our community and uh, do very short programs for us. Some might be just maybe for the day, might be for a weekend, could be for a few weeks, maybe once a week. And, uh, and it was great. Uh, not You know, I loved it. But we really needed something more as well in our community so um, that's when we started branching out to like online programs and uh, we would either uh, meet with somebody on a more regular basis through online or we would be teaching because we were finding more people wanted to be wanted to learn our uh, the language as well outside of our community so uh, 
that's when we started, uh, I started thinking about uh, maybe a little language nest. I called it uh, Awakening Our Talk. And we started doing this little um, language nest in our community. People from outside of our community would come as well. So we would have that on a weekly basis and, uh, and then would talk throughout the week. So that was another way of keeping. Uh, we call it our language nest because it's a safe place to come, you know, like your little birdies that little baby birdies that are in your little nest it's very soft and gentle and and safe and that's why we called it our language nest so people would come to this little area that we would have um, a little language evening you know just uh, maybe introducing ourselves learning new words playing games going for a walk or whatever it may be maybe sharing a meal um, just to keep the language alive. And that's, that's where this language nest came from because I wanted a place that people did feel safe to come and practice. And then, and you and I, Shallon, our walks and talks, we've done a lot of those. We'll just go walking around our community and we'll, okay, let's practice, you know, nemik, nemidu, you know, I see, <laughs> or I hear, I smell. I think we've seen, heard, and smelled everything you can possibly <laughs> smell, see, and hear in Ulsatkok. <laughs> A few times over. Yes, we did. Yeah. But that's what you need to do. We yeah. need to just, just do it over and over and over again. So it's, stays in our mind you know so it comes more natural so we're not when we hear nemig now you and i both we don't need to translate that in our heads anymore when we hear yeah. that word we yeah. know what it means it's yeah. not like okay nemig that means i see no it just comes yeah. naturally because we're doing it so much nemidu gundao eh nemidu gundao eh Nemig. New dog. Cricket. Oh, okay. Yeah. Nemig. Yeah. That's good practice, you know. Nemig do one when she guamal. Yeah. I see the houses. I also did the mentor apprentice through Megamau Gina Matnaway, also known as MK. Um, those were great programs as well. But again, I never had any fluent speakers here in my community, so everything I had to do was online. Or I had to travel to go see them, right? So it, again, it was a really great program. And I was so blessed to have that opportunity, you know, and it did help me and strengthen. Uh, I did, yeah. So the Mentor Apprentice was um, where we would have someone that would be a, a mentor for uh, a student. So I would apply as a student and I would have a fluent speaker to help me in whatever way we needed help with.
you know, we would meet online and we would go through maybe sentences or, or different um, root words or whatever it is that we wanted to, to learn. So we would have like several months of this and we would have to do so many hours a week. And, uh, and then we would meet up um, a couple of times throughout the few months that we would be meeting and uh, as a big group because there was quite a few of us doing it. So that was really fun. That was, uh, that was a good program to, to get into to, to help, you know, um, mm -hmm. with your journey. Asum Guahan. Asum Guahan. Asum Guahan. A bridge. And Asumguahan asum means you're going to get to the other side. So Asumguahan would be uh, man-made with somebody's hand, uh, a, uh, some, an object that can help you come across Asumguahan. Yeah, and most of my jobs that I have are pertaining to the language. And just because that's my passion, I just love it and, and what better job to have is than to than to be able to do something that you're passionate about and and it is getting out there now because you know CBC even interviewed us we've had a few people interview us about our language so it's it's spreading further like a you know a wildfire you know and that's what we want we want people to understand how really important this is for us and um, like I said before too, you know, because it's it is our culture. It's who we are. It's you know, um, you were yeah, you're right. We you know we were doing mainly nouns, 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 and that was great because we were still learning. But then we started getting into you know what our language is really based on. Is we don't speak in nouns, you know we're this is an action-based language. So we started introducing a lot of um, our verbs. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that was, that was another really eye-opening thing for me because it's like, oh my gosh, that's when I started realizing this is how our people looked at things, you know, how, how things were work, how things worked. You know, and how how they would have um, even right down to a, like a cup of tea. <laughs> we just think in English, okay, this is a cup of tea, but we're talking about what that tea actually is, mm. and how how we're going to say it is what we're doing with it. Mm. You know, is it you're having the tea, or is it I'm having the tea? Is it we're having it now? Is are we having it later? Um, you know, things like that. It just started um bringing bringing it to life making you know like putting some meat with her <laughs> with it you know so um i remember the first time i started looking into these root words as well was uh jalasi and it's like wow i remember that word for the first time and found out that that actually meant when our people would go into the wigwam to have a meeting they would say 
the abjalasi, meaning come in and take your place. So we use that word today to mean welcome, but it was really meant for to come in and take your place. That to me is a very powerful word because when somebody says that to you, like they're saying there's a place here for you. They're not saying, oh, are you Mi'kmaq? You know, are you, it doesn't matter what nationality you are, what social class you are, there's a place here for you. And that to me was the first time that I started really understanding what our language is really all about. It goes beyond just learning a language. It's learning um, so much more. And uh, it helped me understand, like, our people were very welcoming, you know. And uh, I couldn't even say that word. Once I found out what it literally meant, I couldn't even say that word for the first couple months without tearing up. (laughs) Wow, yeah. (laughs) That's how much it impacted me because, uh, because it's a really special word. Because you're welcome here. Someone says that. You're welcome here. You come in and it's like, what an honor. That is an honor when somebody says that to you. So I always, and when I, I, I started working in Gajimagogic Park as well, and I see when I would drive in, there on the big, you know, welcoming board, <laughs> the big sign, there's Upjalasi. And I said, I hope you guys really mean that because there's a place here. So when I would do my you know, my little, my programs with people, I'm like, you remember this word, Upjalasi, that come in? Yeah, and they would say, oh yeah, I, I saw that at the at the beginning of the park. And I said, it means that, you know, there's a place here for you. And so not only um, is this my responsibility here, it's also yours. And that's wherever you may be, you know, when you have that, when you hear that word. Yeah, and a few other words that I've learned that had that impact with me was, uh, or for me, was the gipu, because we use gipu for eagle, but it could be any eagle. It could be an eagle flying through the sky. It could be an eagle sitting in a tree or wherever. But the action, or what I was told, what the what the uh, root word of that word of uh, gipu is really the action of the eagle going down into the water to grab its food, its prey, you know. So that action is gipu. But again, we use it for for any for any um, eagle now. And um, muin is another one. Apparently muin is actually only a muin when he's in the blueberry field eating blueberries. You know, and but we use again if the bear was just walking up the road, we would call it a muin, and that's fine. But as long as we know what these what these or where it comes from, yeah, where where these words are coming from, yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Mm-hmm. So, um, another word that I really liked is glamuxis, and my uncle. And I was told that um, that literally means someone who looks after me. So that shows us Mm -hmm. in our families, 
you don't your uncle doesn't have to be blood it could be a friend that takes over takes that role you know we need to learn these these roles in our life i feel again Life gets so busy, we forget about all that. Yeah. So these are some really awesome words that I've learned that have really impacted me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With all these great words and, and um, great ideas that we've had to, to teach the language in, in this area, but there have been some really difficult, difficult moments. And... You know, one of them that comes to mind is not having fluent speakers around us mm-hmm. and different dialects. <laughs> because I remember um, I spoke about our word train in my last <laughs> episode, and people would come in, oh, yeah, so yeah, ngumi, huh? uh, ice, yes. And then somebody else would come in maybe the next day or even the same day. Mgumi, we wouldn't say mgumi, we'd say humi, and I'm like, okay, what is it? And they, you know, you don't realize like when you when you don't hear this all the time, it can get frustrating. It's like because you want to do your very best, and you want to be teaching the right words, you know. And then I started learning about dialects, you know, and stuff, and uh, I'm like, okay. So it doesn't necessarily mean that we're wrong. <laughs> Just means this, you know, that maybe you don't. Some people might not say it this way; they might say it that way. But after a while, sometimes it would get. Before I knew that, it would get so frustrating. I'd feel like I can't teach this. I don't know. I don't know enough. And you know, and and with no fluent speakers, oh my gosh, I just don't know. I don't know what to do. I don't want to, you know, um, teach the wrong things, and it would just get frustrating. And then I might have that moment of like, I can't do this. Okay, I'm, I, I'm just, I'm, it's not for me. But then I go home <laughs> and I realize you don't have a choice now. <laughs> this, you know, is who I am. And I, I have to keep, keep fighting as much as I can, you know, keep learning and just do the best I can. And that's what we all have to do. I mean, it, if... Don't it doesn't matter, you know, um, if we only know one or two words, just keep doing the best you can. You know, we're doing the best we can with what we have. And um, I do know that <laughs> I do know the more I learn, the more I know I don't know. <laughs> this is when I realized that we need immersion in this community. I need immersion in my life. And I can't have just a day here and there or a word now, a word here and there. I need, if we want our fluency to come back to Ulsetkuk, we need immersion. So now in our community, we need here in Ulsetkuk, an adult immersion. I can go into schools, people can go into schools, and we can do the best we can, and that's so wonderful. But when the kids come home, they need to have the parents or an adult there that they can they can speak with, even if it's just for a few words. Yeah, we do need 
fluent speakers to come here in our community so we can learn our language pertaining to our community. This has been part two of a three-part mini-series. Thank you all for listening. Walalio. Stay tuned for part three.